Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Rethink Life Church. As always, it's an honor to have you join us online. And I'm really excited because we're kicking off the month of March with a brand new message series, and we're calling it Contagious, How to Live an Infectious Life. Man, I think we can all relate to that title in and of itself, especially as it relates to our world over the last 12 months, because we all know over the last 12 months, there has been something highly, highly contagious known as the coronavirus or COVID-19, and it's affected all of our lives. As a matter of fact, it has literally turned the world upside down, not just in a physical aspect because of the impact it's had on people's lives, but man, it has had a ripple effect on our lives, you know, mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally, the list goes on and on and on. And we can honestly say, the world is so different today. So much has happened. And I do believe we can honestly say the world has been turned upside down. And whether you know, you've personally been impacted by it, I know I've personally been impacted by it. But at the end of the day, I believe through it all, people are looking for answers. People are searching for hope. People are looking for solutions to the perplexing challenges and setbacks and honestly just the confusion that we've had to endure over the last 12 months of our lives. Well, it's interesting when you think about the metaphor of something highly contagious. You know, that's what God's intention is for you and for me. If we're followers of Jesus Christ, He wants us to be contagious. He wants us to live in such a way that our lives become infectious to where what people see when they're, when they're around us and what they hear when they're with us is something contagious. They, they're, they're drawn to what we have. They're drawn to how we live. And I believe just like in the first century when it came to how Christians first lived out their faith because of the message of hope that Jesus came to give, I believe the exact same thing can happen to us. Did you know in the first century, you know, right after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, one of the things that he told his disciples before he was getting ready to ascend back to heaven, to, to go home, to be with his father, he told his disciples in Acts 1.8, he said these words, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. What was he saying? He was getting ready to go, to, be, to go home, to be with his father. And then he said to his disciples, he said, in essence, you're going to be the ones to go and spread this message. He said, but, but first, before you do that, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to go. And he said, I want you to wait because I'm going to be sending somebody even greater than I that's going to not only live inside of you, but is going to empower you with boldness to go and proclaim this message of hope. And so there was approximately 120 individuals that gathered together 
known as the upper room. They begin to pray. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God descended upon them. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came to indwell upon them, indwell within them. And then suddenly, the Spirit of God empowered them and emboldened them. And the very next day, Peter stood up before a massive crowd of people and shared with them the message of Jesus, of how he was crucified, buried, and he arose again. And on Acts chapter 2, we learn that the birth of the local church took place and some 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. So Jesus started with a handful of followers. That handful of followers ended up becoming a movement of thousands of people. And in Acts chapter 17, when Paul and, 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 and Silas went to this place known as Thessalonica, here's what the people said. They said, those who have turned the world upside down have invaded our city as well. And what were they saying? What they were saying is that, hey, these believers, they have become so infectious. They have made such an impact that they have turned their world upside down. And I believe if that can happen in the first century, why can't it happen in the 21st century? Why can't it happen today in 2021? I believe it can, and I believe it's God's plan. I believe it's God's purpose. It's referred to as the Great Commission in Matthew 28. He wants us to be infectious with how we live our lives so that we can spread the message of hope to a world that desperately needs it. I'm here to tell you now more than ever, as we are seeing light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully with the vaccines, you know, uh, making their way throughout the world and, 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 and we begin to see, you know, the, the, the coronavirus, if you will, become a thing of our past. The tragedy of it is, is that, as I stated earlier, many people are still hurting. Many people are still looking for answers and solutions to the pain and the difficulties and the setbacks and the hurt and the trials that they've encountered over the last 12 months. You know, we're living in some very unusual days, and I can honestly say in my lifetime, I've never encountered anything quite like we've encountered over the last 12 months. And now we've gotten to the place, you know, of, because of the political ramifications and everything that's happened that we've all witnessed, that we're all kind of like, honestly, we're kind of like all just over it because of just how extreme and how really just how wheels off our culture has become to the point where we're wanting to throw out Dr. Seuss books. Come on, somebody. I mean, this whole cancel culture movement where people are saying, yeah, well, this offends this person, this offends that person. Let's just cancel everything because everybody is offended. Well, let me just say this. Whether you like Dr. Seuss or not, <laughs> I'm going to share with you a little wisdom the guy gave in one of his books because here's what, doc, here's what Dr. Seuss said. He said, to the world, you may be one person. But to one person, you may be the world. Let me tell you something. That's a lot of wisdom from Dr. Seuss that we all need to apply to our lives. You know why? Because listen, you may not be able to reach the world, but you could reach the world of someone else. And that might be your spouse. It might be maybe your son or your daughter. It could be a classmate or a coworker. It could be an extended family member or a neighbor who's spiritually lost, morally confused. 
And if you know Jesus, listen, if, you, if your life has personally been changed because of Jesus Christ, you have a message that your spouse and your friends and your neighbors and your classmates and coworkers desperately need to hear. In fact, now more than ever, there's a greater sense of urgency for us to share this message of hope, to become contagious. Listen, to share an infectious life so that the message of Jesus can spread like wildfire, where people's lives can be greatly impacted with the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Well, this is exactly what Jesus wanted his disciples and his followers to do. In fact, um, about a little over a year ago, my family and I, we had the opportunity to go to uh, Israel and we toured, you know, the Holy Land. It was a remarkable experience I'll never forget. Can't wait to go back. One of my highlights was going to the place just on the hillside of the Galilee, where the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus was uh, giving his famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And right there, you can just kind of picture Jesus before this crowd of people. And here's what he said in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7, Jesus gave that famous sermon where he just talked about a lot of principles concerning life and how as believers we specifically are even supposed to live that infectious life. And he used two metaphors, and we're going to break these down in the coming weeks. One of them was salt, one of them was light. And in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, he said these words. He said, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? If you, if, if, it, 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 he said, It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. He said, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Well, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, but instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, he said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. It's fascinating to me that Jesus used some very powerful word pictures or metaphors to help illustrate how his followers, those, those disciples, could live infectious lives. In other words, how they could become contagious. And what he was doing is he was giving them some how-tos. What I've learned, you know, nearly, goodness, 20 plus years of pastoring and over 30 years of being in the ministry, I've, you know, I've been guilty of, you know, just challenging people to, to get out and go share their faith, you know. And, and we all know that's a responsibility that we have as believers, as followers of Jesus. We know we need to go out and be that light. We, we, we know that that's something we need to do, we've been called to do. But honestly, on a practical level, a lot of people say, I would love to do that. I don't know how. Well, this is where we're going for the coming weeks. During the month of March, in this series, we're calling Contagious how to live an infectious life, because we're going to give you a framework. In other words, we're going to give you a formula that you can use so that you can live an infectious life. In other words, you can have maximum impact with your life. So let me give you this framework. And I believe in many ways, this is something similar that Jesus was emphasizing to his disciples. And here, 
is the formula. You know, we've been talking a lot about the cure, you know, for the coronavirus. Well, there's a cure for another disease called sin. And guess what it is? That cure is a person. His name is Jesus. And one of the ways that we can be effective when it comes to living out our faith is understanding what we need to be and what we need to do to do it well. And here's the equation. The equation is HP plus CP plus CC equals MI. Now, I wasn't very good with math in school, and you're probably already thinking, what in the world? I thought this was supposed to be practical and easy. Well, I'm getting ready to break that down because, you see, HP stands for high potency. CP stands for close proximity. CC stands for clear communication. And MI stands for maximum impact. So we're going to start with the end in mind. So if God has called you and me to be contagious and to live an infectious life, in other words, if we are to make maximum impact on this world with the hope of Jesus, then we got to start at the beginning of that equation, okay, by being HP. In other words, we got to be highly potent believers. So let me break that down. Because Jesus said what? He said, you are to be the salt of the earth. Now, when you think of salt, what do you think of? What comes to mind when you think of salt? Well, there's a lot of different usages for salt. We use salt for a lot of things. It has a lot of purposes. One of those purposes is, you know, it makes people thirsty. You know, obviously, if you've ever you ever been to a restaurant and there's a bar in the restaurant, maybe a sports bar, and you know, people are gathered around the bar and they got their drinks or whatever. Sometimes you'll notice there's a basket and they'll have like free pretzels and peanuts and popcorn, things that are salty. Well, they do that for a reason, okay? They do that because they want to create more thirst so that people will buy more drinks, right? That's how they make their money. Well, it makes us thirsty. We all know that to be true. Another thing salt does is what? It helps spice things up. I mean, nobody likes to eat dull, bland food. Have you ever tried to eat corn on the cob that was dry, no butter or salt? Man, that's horrible. But we all like to put a little butter on it, right? We all like to put a little salt on it. Why? Because it brings flavor. Listen, it spices it up. It, 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 it brings that, that, that flavor that's salty that we truly enjoy. But here's another thing that salt does. It preserves. You know, it's interesting when you think about what salt can do. It can literally can help, you know, meat, if you will, when it's packaged carefully. It can, it can help it from decaying or going bad over the course of time. But here's another thing that salt does. It also heals and restores. You know, when we went to um, the Holy Land about a year ago, one of the uh, other highlights that we got to experience was going to what was referred to as the Dead Sea. And what's interesting about the Dead Sea is that it's 1,300 feet below sea level. So it's the lowest elevation on the entire planet. But the Dead Sea is just that. It's dead, and it's filled with nothing but salt and salt minerals. But yet, a lot of people go into the water because of the healing agent, because of the, the restoration that it brings, because of the salty minerals that brings healing to people's bodies and their skin. So with all of that said, think about the usages of salt. Now, Jesus told his disciples, he said, you are to be the salt of the earth. So what 
purposes that I just described to you, do you think Jesus maybe meant when he said, you're to be the salt of the earth? Well, it's kind of like pick a card, just any card. Well, all of those are relevant because in essence, what Jesus is saying, he said, you ought to live your life in such a way to where you bring spice, you bring flavor. In other words, you ought to live your life in such a way to where you create thirst, to where people are drawn to you and they want more of what you have because there's a sense of thirst and craving because they see something, they, they know something that is different, that has maybe set you apart, that just causes you to be a little different from the norm in a good way. And because of that, maybe they've seen your life, maybe go through a transformation. They've seen healing occur in your life. And you're thinking, I don't know what it is. I have no idea how to explain it. All I know is that they got something that I want. And that's exactly why I believe Jesus was using the metaphor of salt. Because you see, if we as believers in Jesus Christ are not living salty lives, if we are not living infectious lives that are contagious, then why in the world would people be drawn to us? And Jesus is emphasizing that the key to being effective, of being infectious with our life, is by first and foremost being highly potent. That means we got to be salty Christians. We got to be salt of the earth. So let me give you something very practical, and that is this. If you have something at home, I encourage you to jot this down. Of course, we'll have it there for you on the screen. But here's my challenge to you. Take the word salt and write it vertically on a napkin, a piece of paper, type it up there on your phone. We'll put it there in the chat maybe. But here's, here's a simple step-by-step -step plan on how you can become a salty Christian in your life. The S in the word salt stands for seek God daily. In John 15 verses 5 through 6, Jesus said it this way. He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. What was Jesus emphasizing? What he was emphasizing is this. As followers of Jesus Christ, we'll never be contagious, we'll never be infectious in a way that God wants us to apart from Jesus. We got to remain in him. In other words, we got to stay connected to Him. And how do we stay connected to Him? How do we abide in Him, some translations refer to? By thinking about Him, by meditating upon Him, but ultimately by practicing His presence. In other words, we got to seek God daily. I came up with something the other day. I look, if you haven't noticed, I love acronyms or acrostics. And I was thinking to myself, how can I help somebody prep for their day? I mean, if we're to seek God daily, how can we... How can, we, how can we prep our day every single day? Well, let me give you a little acrostic here. P stands for pray. In other words, what we do is we get up. Man, when the, listen, when our feet hit the floor, the devil ought to get really, really scared to where he's like, uh-oh, he's up again, she's up again. Listen, we need to make the devil mad. And so here's what we need to do. We need to pray and say, God, I'm committing this day to you. What does that do? It puts us on the offense. We're inviting God into our day. 
And what we're doing is we're being proactive in our faith. We're saying, God, will you use me today? God, help me to be a strong, bold witness in, in everything that I do today. God, help me to be that salty Christian. God, help me to spice things up when I walk into the kitchen, when I, when I walk into my, my office. God, when I go into my school campus, God, help me to create a thirst and a desire so that people will want what I got. So we need to pray. But then we also need to read our Bible because, listen, when we get a revelation from God, when God's truth is speaking to our lives, what does it do? It gives us the promises that we can stand on so that as we go out throughout our day, we're abiding in Christ. We are meditating upon his word. And what are we doing? We're activating his truth in every area of our lives. And what that does is it allows us as we read the scripture it allows us to also examine this scripture. It gives us a greater sense of knowledge. Why? Because we're growing in our faith and becoming more and more spiritually confident in our faith. And then the P simply stands for practice it. So we can't just, you know, read it for our enjoyment without necessarily living it out and practicing it in our everyday lives because God wants us to be salty. He doesn't want us to keep the salt to ourselves. No, he wants us to go share it with other people and he wants us to apply it into our everyday lives. So how do we become salty? Here's what we do. We seek God daily. Number two, the A stands for align yourself with God's values and priorities. You know, listen, I believe we are living in some bizarre times. I mean, who in the world have ever thought that wrong would become right and right would become wrong. I mean, that's exactly what we're seeing unfold now more than ever. And you know what the scripture says in Matthew 7 verse 24? Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be, and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. Let me ask you a question. What are you building your life upon? What are you building your marriage upon? What are you building your choices and your decisions upon? What everybody else is doing or what the things of this world is all about? Are, are we being swayed and persuaded by, listen, the, the popular opinions of our culture? Or are we building our lives on the unshakable truth and foundation of the word of God? You see, what sets us apart, listen, what will give our lives that authenticity that would give our lives that, that, that true salty flavor, if you will, is when we're living our lives in such a way to where we stand out, where we're different from the norm. In other words, we're no longer conforming. We are transforming in the way that we live because God's values become our values and his priorities become our priorities. We're not living like the rest of the world. Instead, we are living in alignment with God's values and his priorities for my life. The L in SALT stands for live out what you say you believe. I think this is so important. In other words, as believers, if we're going to be contagious, that means we got to walk the walk. That means we have to actually live out what we say we believe. I don't think there's been anything that has brought more damage to Christianity than those who say they are followers of Jesus, but yet they live like everybody else. You know, we're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. We all are. But if we're going to be salty Christians, 
Listen, if our lives are going to have flavor, if we're going to create thirst, if we're going to have maximum impact, then we better be highly potent believers. And the only way we can be highly potent believers is when we're seeking God daily, when we are in alignment with God's values and priorities, and when we're living out what we say we believe. What does it do? It puts spice in our lives and allows our lives to actually be attractive because people will see us and they think, I don't know what it is, but he or she, they're just so consistent. I've watched them go through difficulties. I've seen them go through trials and setbacks, but man, they just seem to be at peace even in the midst of troubles and trials. What is that? What that is, it's a quiet confidence because we know who we are in Christ and whose we are in Christ and it gives us the ability to live consistently. But we say we believe. You see in Ephesians 5 verses 17 and 19, the Apostle Paul said it this way, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That's such a powerful and relevant verse for us today. You know why? Because as I stated a few moments ago, man, now more than ever, people are searching a lot of people are hurting. They are spiritually and morally confused. A lot of them relationally feel very alone and isolated and disconnected. Man, oh man, if there was ever a time where we ought to make the most of every opportunity, it is right now. And that's the reason why we can't make foolish decisions. We can't, listen, we can't take things for granted. We gotta be intentional to live out our faith each and every day by living what we say we believe. And the T in this word salt simply means tell our story with others. You know, one of my favorite stories is in, um, you know, the book of Mark, Mark chapter five, where the, uh, the man who unfortunately had been possessed by demons, he was being tortured most of his life. And Jesus, of course, delivered him from, you know, being tortured from these, these uh, demons. And he was set free from that bondage. And and all of a sudden, this man whose life had been suddenly transformed, he wanted to go and he wanted to travel with Jesus. He wanted to, to go with him. And Jesus instead instructed him to go home. And he said in verse 19, he said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. You know, I believe that's a part of what God's divine design is for you and for me, for those of us who know Jesus. And listen, God wants to use you to tell your story because you have a story that God's going to use to reach people that I'll never be able to reach. Your story is unique to you. You know, if you've gone through pain and struggles and trials and setbacks in your life, whatever those things might be, well, guess what? God can take all of those things, what the, what the devil may have meant for evil, God can turn it around and use it all for greater good. Listen, God never wastes a hurt. And so, you know what? There's no testimony without first going through a test. So maybe there's a testimony that God wants you to share, a story of hope, a story of forgiveness, a story of second chances, a story of healing and transformation, a story of deliverance. Whatever your story is, you have a story that God wants to tell. And that's how we live infectious lives. Now, some of us, as I conclude today, are like this salt shaker. 
And this salt shaker is filled with salt. And you know what? This salt is a good thing. We just talked about all the benefits the salt can have. You know, it can bring flavor and it can spice things up. It's a, it's a preservative. It helps bring healing. You know, there's a lot of wonderful benefits of being filled up with all of the salt we can get, right? But here's the thing. What good does it do to be filled with salt? Some people, honestly, man, they, they're doing all the right things. Man, they're reading their Bible. There's, they, they hang out with other Christians. They don't live like the world. You know, they, they've set themselves apart. And, you know, they're, they're, they're living different from the norm from the standpoint of living out what they say they believe. But the problem is, is they've become so heavenly minded, they're no longer any earthly good. So at some point, we got to get the salt out of the shaker and we got to start sharing the salt with other people. At some point, the only way the salt can truly be effective is when it is applied to other people. So therefore, we got to get in close proximity to those who need to be reached. Found people, figure out ways to find people. And that's what we're going to talk about next week because at some point, we got to go from salt to being light and salt has got to get close in close proximity because when a highly potent Christian, okay, is in close proximity with those who are seeking and searching the truth and the hope that's found in Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you things begin to happen. We become infectious and our lives become contagious. Would you do me a favor and bow your head with me in a word of prayer? And hey, if you're watching right now, just right where you are, just close your eyes for a moment. And maybe you're a follower of Jesus. And maybe today um, you just need to ask God. You just need to ask God, God, help me to become salty again. God, help me to be more effective and infectious with my life. You know, you just need to confess some things right there, right where you are. Just confess. Say, God, I'm not where I could be, should be, but today I'm rededicating my life. And I want to get back to becoming that contagious Christian again. Some of you today are maybe that person who has been seeking and searching, and there's just still a lot of unanswered questions. But honestly, on this side of heaven, there's a lot of questions we may never, ever get answers to. But it doesn't mean that we can't still put our faith and our trust in the person of Jesus Christ who loves you, who died for you, who came back to life for you, and who has an amazing plan and purpose for you. If that's your need, would you pray this prayer? And would you invite Jesus right now, right where you are, to be your Lord and Savior? You can say something like this. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And today, I'm inviting you into my life. Thank you for dying for me and coming back to life for me. And today I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer just then, would you do me a huge favor? Because I want to personally know, if you're watching us on our website, would you just click that I Decided button? Or maybe you're on Facebook or another platform. Just, just type the words I Decided in the chat. And we want to send you a little booklet that will help you begin applying these truths in your everyday life, that help you grow so that you can become that infectious follower of Jesus. Listen, I love you. Thank you so much for being a part of week one of this series called Contagious. We cannot wait to see you back next Sunday as we talk about part two, CP, as we talk about being liked, 
so we can get in close proximity. If you prayed that prayer today with Pastor Rodney a few moments ago, we would love to know and send you a free booklet called Rethinking Life Every Day. If you're watching from our website, all you need to do is click on the I Decided button at the top of the page or scan the QR code on the screen and click I Decided. You can also type the words I Decided in the chat. We would love to send you this free booklet to celebrate and to encourage you in your new spiritual journey. Once again, thank you for joining us today as we learned the first part of how to live an infectious life. Have a blessed week and keep living life on purpose. We'll see you soon. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.